0: Hey folks, welcome back. This is Andy from the Poor Proles Almanac. If you've been around for our Twitch series, this should be nothing new to you. Today we're going to be talking about Radio 101. We've got a handful of folks watching on my phone right here as I uh, stream live, so hopefully they'll jump over. So if you guys want to watch more folks that are on uh, Instagram, you're going to have to hop onto Twitch. Facebook, YouTube, wherever the other folks are watching this right now. Join us. Learn a lot about radio because I don't know anything. And just based on what's been going on with Russia the last couple weeks, it's been made very evident the importance of being able to use analog radio and uh, finding alternatives to communicate with folks. So if you aren't familiar with this kind of stuff, come jump on our Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or any of those things. So I'm going to bring... Uh, my co host on, and then I'm gonna bring our guest. So, bye, folks that are on Instagram, Elliot. What's going on?
1: What's up, buddy?
0: So, last when we started this podcast, like one of the first things you said to me, it was like, Hey, I've got this radio, I got to figure out how to use it. And it's been like two years now, and I'm assuming you haven't figured out how to use it. So, are you talking to me? Yeah.
1: Oh, I figured out how to use it. I just okay. forgot because I haven't used it more than once.
0: <laughs> All right. So yeah, it, it's uh, there's a lot to it. And so today we've got a guest to talk about that. Folks that are in our Discord uh, may recognize the handle. Um, hopefully there's a few of y'all out there. Uh, if you are, jump in the chat, say hi. Um, so I'm going to introduce our good friend here, Seneca. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Great. Thank you for having me tonight. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks You're like coming on. Well, good one evening. of the only people I know that was like, yeah, I can talk about radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's easy to buy one. It's hard to figure out how to use it and then further how to like legally use it. Uh, that's the tricky part, right? I'm going to talk
2: a lot about the legal part, too, because um, that's important. And you should always follow follow all federal uh, laws and regulations. Um, a good life motto. Yeah, we'll sure. We'll say. Um, We'll say. Um, it will say. Um. So, uh, w- what I wanted to talk about first, uh, is, um, you know, like, why should why should people care? Like, if you're watching this, why why do you care about radio? Um, and I, I heard you mention uh, Russia, and I'm gonna talk about that later too. Uh, because, yeah, communications is uh, obviously super important. Um, and we do it today because we have this fancy high tech infrastructure, and that's how we're talking right now, but. Those things you know, can be disrupted. Uh, emergencies happen. And that's um, actually a big reason for why amateur radio exists in the first place and is indulged to an extent by the United States government and other governments. Because uh, in emergencies, uh, amateur radio operators become the communications network. And you could actually even volunteer for that um, with a program called RACES. Uh, and the other reason, too, is, you know, um, These communication networks are privately owned. And, um, you know, we've seen examples uh, before of governments shutting off access uh, to it. Um, They cannot shut off your ability to use electrons to make radio waves come out of an antenna. Um, uh, There's more to it than that, obviously. But, um, you know, uh, if the grid goes down tomorrow and the internet's not working anymore, this will still work uh and um, physics yeah it, it really is and um you know if you're not a science person uh if you don't have a technical background uh let me say that um will you let us cuss on ham channel seneca no sorry you can't no swear words that's a that's a no no um you're not allowed
1: i'll be um, dead silent on the air then i can't use a radio <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, yeah, you, you were you were super duper not supposed to use bad language. Um, I'll I'll talk more about like what, what you can say and what you can't um, because there's definitely a lot of rules around that uh, and some surprising ones. Um, for example, you you don't have to speak English. Um, you can speak any language you want over over the airwaves. Um, what you can't do is send encrypted communications. That's illegal. Uh, nor can you speak in coded language. Um, so, you know, obviously, like if you tune in uh, to a frequency and you hear people speaking and you don't understand the language, like, you know, you don't know what they're saying, right? But um, the airwaves, the amateur the amateur bands, and we'll talk about what the heck a band is uh, a little bit later, um, uh, they police it themselves and they will record you and report you and the fcc will take your license away and slap you with a big fine um so um i think you know uh besides like the obvious emergency situations government problems societal unrest whatever um it's a really fun thing to nerd out on and you're kind of like an electricity wizard um you know doing magic with my like uh you know my my metal bits and stuff so Later on, I'm going to talk about my venerable shortwave radio. It's a Radio Shack DX398. Um, And I'm old enough that I was using this to listen to radio news during 9-11 when I was in college.
1: That was was going to be my first question. So how long have you been uh, (laughs) hamming it up?
2: That's a great question. Um, I've actually only really been doing this for about like two years. So (laughs) at some point during um, 2020... I was starting to get into more of some of the topics that you guys talk about um, including you know propping stuff um which includes firearm stuff and one one adjacent topic to that is radio uh and you know um not like in a larping sense but literally um you can use these these are my um uh my impact sports um and they have a little attachment which i'll show later how to use this uh, to plug your radio into and you can use that to talk to people at the range um, while live fire is going on Um, so you know there uh, is that dimension to it and also um, you know if you're working with like a large outdoor space um, it can be useful to be able to talk back and forth uh, between your family or your friends or, or whatever and we'll talk about what your options are for how to do that so that's that's my pitch um, if you if you you know don't have this capability and there are no other options, your communication choices are, are pretty limited.
1: I definitely no. want to learn it for the redundancy. Um, mm-hmm. You said um, that you can hook it up to your um, ear protection for yeah. shooting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, going hunting, it's super important to have like a redundancy and like comms because my brother was just relying on his cell phone and that died and he was out in the woods past sundown. And that's not something you want happening when you're on a hunting trip. So
2: that was uh you don't want to be relying on cell phones, whether you're you're hunting in the woods or you're in beating Ukraine. You, you right. don't want to want to have right. other options. Yeah.
1: Right. It was yeah. his first time. It was a big learning uh, learning opportunity for him. And he asked me why I was interested in it. And I pretty much gave him that scenario. And he said, yeah, me too. And that was it. He didn't have to elaborate at all.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. always nice when you don't have to convince them, right? Right. Yeah. Life experiences will do that really quick. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, so, true. Uh, I want to ask before we even get into like the content itself. Sure. Like how accessible is this financially for people? That's a really good question. Um,
2: th- so if you want to study it, the cost is zero. There's tons of free resources out there. And I'm not even just talking about studying for your your ham radio exam, um, but just learning radio frequency, the science, how it works. Uh, YouTube is a great resource also. Um And when we talk a little bit later about the uh, Anarchist Radio Relay League um, document, uh, that author mentions a few different people who are on YouTube that you can go to learn more more from. Um, That said, if you want to do more than say, you know, go to um, a website that lets you listen to world radio or study, you do have to at some point pay some money Either, uh, you know, um, for something like this. This is a hand transceiver, or HT. Transceiver is a combination of the words um, transmitter and receiver. Uh, So this right here I got with a bunch of other um, little accessories I'll show later. I think it was like 40-something. That was a a, a decent deal. Uh, This is a... TID Radio, uh, don't be fooled. It's a Baofeng. It's a rebranded Baofeng. Uh, it's a, uh, to be specific, it's a rebranded, um, BFH6. Uh, Baofengs, um, are nice because they're very cheap. Uh, and if you want, um, you know, a a low level, um, an easy, an easy access to it, this is a good place to start. Um, because they work well enough. Um, Andy what,
1: was what talking I, about the, the UV-5Rs UV that I got earlier. Yep. The, the uh, ubiquitous uh,
2: UV-5R.
1: Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I picked one up for super cheap, and that's the one that I mm-hmm. learned on real quick. And it was sort of like a one-and-done thing. So yeah. I'm pretty much starting over again. So yeah, thank, I, you you, know, thank you for this. <laughs> sure, yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, I will talk a, when when I, I'm I get more into technical stuff later, I will talk about why maybe you should think twice before buying a uv5r especially an older one sure um because they're technically not in compliance with fcc regulations
1: depending but... on how you use it right
2: yes yes exactly so like that's not a big deal you just have to be a little bit more careful um mm. with it i'll, I'll explain why it, it won't make too much sense until
0: i've gone a little bit more into the technical stuff um uh, another option we... uh before oh. we get going yeah, sure um, so I think most people say like forty fifty bucks. That's not terrible, um, but we I think just because of the way technology is built today, we are like okay, forty fifty bucks. This lasts for two or three years. How long does this equipment usually last?
2: So that's a a really good point, and I'm I'm gonna make. I'm glad you brought that up um, uh, because I'm gonna make a point about about this little doohickey you can see right here sticking out of the radio on top. Um. So you know. <sighs> It really depends on how much use you're how much energy you're putting through it, how much use it's it's um, being put through. Um, you know, I've heard people say that there's their, their Baofengs continue to work well after a few years. Um, but, you know, um, they don't have the same kind of they don't have the same level of environment of a, environmental integrity as a more expensive um, hand transceiver like a Yasu. But the Yasu is like two or three hundred bucks, so you know um, it is. It is definitely not like an apocalypse purchase kind of thing. Um, if that if that makes sense, uh, it's not a buy it for life at all. Um, and you know uh, the problem with cheap electronics um, is that over time, um, you know the solder can can wear out, and the electronics just don't work anymore. And these are just as vulnerable to that as any other you know, old computer uh, or, or old piece of electronics. Okay. Um, so, another option, which is also in like the $30 or $40 range, is this guy right here. Okay, this is a Nestor Smart. This is what's called an SDR, or Software Defined Radio. This is actually a little USB uh, port. So this goes right into your computer. I have attached here my rubber ducky. That's what these little Little antennas are called. They suck, FYI. They're <laughs> not good, but they, it's what comes with like every radio you buy. Um, and so this lets me, even if the internet's not working, use radio on my computer using open source uh, software. I'll talk more about that a little bit later too, uh, how that all works. Um, and then you know uh, the thing about the thing about the hand transceiver is a transceiver, so I can transmit on it. That's that's pretty good. If we're talking about practicing using radio, if you can't transmit, you're not really practicing. This, however, I cannot transmit with. If you want an SDR that you can transmit with, that's going to cost several hundred dollars. Um, so those are those are the the cheaper options. If you want, you know, when people think of, of ham radio, they think of like those huge sets that set up uh, that sit on top of the desktop they're all covered in knobs and stuff um that's for hf high frequency uh and they're very expensive they're very expensive they can a few a few thousand dollars uh it's definitely like a hobby and a space you can sink a lot of money into um maybe not as much as firearms but it's kind of comparable honestly jesus
1: sure but i guess that gives you a wider cone of capability though if you're going to spend all that money right Mm
2: so yep oh um, there are so many features that that um you can get if you have the the resources
1: (laughs) sure so i can definitely see how that's a lot of fun and how people get into this as a, yeah. as a you know a side like a side hobby or something yeah
2: you know i it, it was originally for me supposed to be something that was like supplemental to some of you know um the other stuff like firearms medical um you know maintenance horticulture um but i guess i kind of liked it so much i i ignored the other things to an extent <laughs> to focus on radio um,
1: that's, how we, that's how we define a hobby I
2: love it yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so I spent I spent to the I spent 2020 studying for my um, technician class ham radio exam uh, I passed that and I became um, uh, an official ham in early 21 so that was early last year and over the course of last year I then repeatedly was taking more and more tests uh, to get to where I am now which is an amateur extra it's like the third level um, the difference between the different levels is that um, I have more access to other frequencies and can, and can do more stuff. Um, I, at some point after that, I found out that, um, my great grandfather, uh, was a ham. I didn't know that. And he was the first ham in, in his town in Massachusetts. And so I have like a copy of his, um, of his, uh, card, which you send to, send to a person that you connect with on the air is like proof um oh my god thank you for asking this question this is a really good question that just got asked okay um the answer is um uh you can try to get licensed with the united states government using a p.o box you still have to include your real name um and i'm glad you brought this up because um one thing about radio about about licensed radio is that you have a call sign and this is going to be true for ham radio and also for uh, gmrs which i'll talk a little bit more about later that's a that's another option you can take other than ham it's more expensive but there's no test and it covers your whole immediate family um so uh there's that. And then, um, you know, the, the, problem with the call sign is, um, it instantaneously doxes you. Uh, I won't tell you guys my call sign. I'm not going to say it on the air. Um, because once you have the call sign, you can go to the FCC website and you can look me up. You will find my name and my address. I did not read the anarchist radio relay league guide soon enough to be reminded to use a PO box. Um, I think in theory I could change that um, in their database, but yeah. Um, if somebody is listening to the frequency you're talking on, you have to say your call sign. So, every any anybody listening to that conversation knows who I am. Um, so that's absolutely something that you should take into consideration, um, and is also why you should not behave behave badly on the air, <laughs> because everybody knows who you are. Um, no hiding. There's no there's no hiding um on on amateur radio it is a, it is a scary kind of because there's risk i absolutely agree with that um fortunately there's some things we can do to mitigate that risk um and one of them is the simple fact that uh we can practice with this without having the broadcast go very far um the hand transceiver simply put just cannot carry your signal that far it's um,
1: pretty much line of sight right if um, that's right line of sight you um said, you said hand transceiver i thought ht was handy talky and this is why you have somebody else tell you how to use the radio because i was I just like making it up as talky. i go i just saw it, the h slash t i was like all right i know what that is i've seen yeah. those before <laughs> um
2: you know uh you, you if anybody's sitting here wondering like well wait aren't walkie talkies just radios and it's true they are um they just happen to be in a specific part of the electromagnetic um, frequency range that is set aside for that sort of thing. Um, and they're and they're kind of like stuck using one frequency. You can't have your walkie-talkie. Ah, what if you're near your repeater? Well, first I'd have to know what a repeater is, and, and I haven't explained that yet. Um, a repeater is a radio device which takes in signals on one frequency and rebroadcasts them out on a different frequency um you can look up where repeaters are you may have one living near you which is both handy and potentially scary too right um this is what we call duplex operation duplex meaning we take in um a signal on one frequency and we spit something back out on another frequency that's different from simplex, which is exactly what the walkie-talkie is. Only one person can talk at a time. Why? Because we are sending and receiving on the same frequency. If so you both basic. try at the same time, interference
0: doesn't work. Yeah, so it's basically like an analog VPN. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could look uh, at it that way. The, sure.
1: repeater, the repeater is, yeah. Um, so there's, there's a whole rabbit hole we can go down with the science of how mm-hmm. radio waves work. Where, where did you want to see, where did you see this going? Because I could ask so many questions and I don't want sure. to get sidetracked. Um, I, think,
2: I think this is a super overwhelming space because it, it goes down from like the simplest stuff to like serious PhD level physics. Um, I think let's save the like super complicated stuff closer t- towards the end because hopefully by that time I've explained some of this and we're not sitting here being like, uh, what's a
1: repeater? Sure, um, sure. So you take the reins, I'll save my Okay, all right, cool, cool. The, I'll, okay. I'll save my questions for the end. Okay, okay, sure. So um, <laughs> let me talk about um,
2: this, uh, and, and real quick, I, I don't know if you have, like, a big um, international audience. Most of what I'm going to be talking about is applicable no matter where you live, but some stuff is going to be slightly different, especially, like, um you know, what frequency bands are set aside to do what, for that, you're going to want to check in with your country's um, ham radio association, they'll be able to help you out. That said, in the US, um, there are four main routes we can take with this. Okay. One we've talked about before is amateur radio, you can become, you can become a ham what is a ham? Like, what does that mean? No one's entirely sure. There's actually like a lot of radio lore that nobody knows what the origin is. Um, You know, we're we're not entirely certain. Um, I've heard a bunch of different stories. It doesn't matter. Um,
1: It it makes sense Two people screaming at each other over a radio that barely works. There's definitely a chance for misunderstanding there.
2: Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, (laughs) I've already, I've already hammed it up a little bit, hopefully not too much. Um, So that's one option. Ham radio is very cool. There's a lot you can do with it, and it's way more than just talking. Um, As someone pointed out, packet radio can give you internet. Um, You can have the internet over amateur radio. You can do that today if you want. Um, You can do video. I can do analog television over amateur bands if I want to. Um, I, I don't know why I would want to. Um... And I'm not sure exactly what the rules are for that because you're supposed to be using amateur radio to talk to people, not to just you know broadcasting whatever you want to send out there. Um, the uh, uh, the fee for taking the ham radio exam, uh, it, when I took it it was 15. They were they were talking about the, that it might go up in price to like 20 25. Um, I'm not sure if that's actually happened yet or not. Um, and you have to pass the technician exam for your technician class license. Uh, there are um, I believe 25 questions. You can get up to eight of them wrong. So it's not that tough of a test. It's all multiple choice. Uh, it's still 15 right now, thank you. Um,
1: they let me, the, t- the test they, covers a lot of a lot of subject matter though, I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> the, the test pool is enormous. And you're only going to wind up seeing a very small slice of it. Um, the testing, um, uh, the, the tests are grouped every four years. So we're actually almost at the end of this this year for the technician exam. So that, that stuff I posted on the Discord server in the ham radio thread, uh, that'll be valid through, throughout the rest of the year. I'm going to try to add more stuff to it, too. I have a little bit more that's already written. Um, it is totally doable for my first test. I studied for over several long months and I took a lot of practice tests Uh, for the general uh, exam, which is a little bit harder, more questions, more complicated, it's more technical. And for the amateur extra, I actually was able to link up with a local radio club that was running free classes. And it was like an intensive hardcore, like three hour a night, five day a week test. And it worked. Um, I didn't have to spend like six months studying for these other exams. And I really did not think I was going to be prepared for it. So if you think you're, you know, if you're like, oh, I don't want to take a test. That sounds like a lot of work. Um, I will say that it's less than you think. And it's also a pretty interesting pathway into this. One of the main ways that I learned about, you know, radio frequency is literally just studying for the ham exam. Um, and you do pick up a lot of technical Uh, knowledge that way and you also get to learn a lot about um things like no you cannot swear on uh the air uh you cannot decrypt uh transmissions on the air and that sort of thing yes it's true if you fail so (laughs) if you pay the 15 dollars and you take the test and you fail it um you can give them another 15 bucks and they'll give you another test um, and they, and they, I, I guarantee you, they will sit there and wait for you. They'll be happy to do it. Um, everybody,
1: everybody every, bucks and take two at the same time, <laughs> like scratch tickets. Um, I think
2: I, I believe it's a fee that gets paid to the ARRL, which is the American radio relay league. Um, and then at that point, if you pass the test, they will tell you that you pass the test. And then they send your information to the FCC, and as soon as you are in there, as soon as you appear in the FCC database, you can start transmitting um, uh, on on the ham frequencies that you're allowed to use. Where could someone take these tests? That's a very good question. So the so the pandemic, um, I think, sparked an increased interest in having these being done remotely. But that I don't think has been too successful. And one of the reasons why is that these are all done by volunteer groups. And the standards for doing it online are super stringent. Like the one group wanted me to have like one camera facing this way and another camera facing this way. And have everything be clear in the room so they could see that I'm not reading off of anything. And... um. More importantly, they never got back to me, uh, so that you know that kind of doesn't work for that reason. Fortunately, I was able to find a local group that was conducting tests in an outdoor space. It was actually in the the, um, the uh, parking lot of an engineering firm, which I assume somebody somewhere in that group works for. Um, so, you want to find your local ham radio group. Any major major town or city is going to have one and they can help you find where to take a test um which are which are typically conducted in person. Awesome. Yeah. Um so why again why why would someone want to do this if they just want to have the capability? Well, it lets you practice. It lets you practice transmitting, it lets you practice receiving. Um you can practice receiving, you know, with a with a regular radio, right? But there's not much to that. Um, you know, there's only there's only so much to that, um, although there's plenty you can study about how you know reception works. Um, ultimately, ultimately, all this is is you've got an oscillator in here that's going at the same frequency as the radio wave that you want to pick up. And once they kind of, you know, once they meet up, then you can get audio coming through the signal. Um, that's the super duper basic basic way it works. Um, and of course, you know, everyone has a radio on them too, right? It's called your cell phone. Cell phone is just a fancy radio. So so that's HAM. Um, that That is um, cheaper than your other option, which is GMRS. Um, and I've forgotten what GM, GMRS stands for. So let me look that up real quick. Uh, it stands for the General Mobile Radio Service. So this is um, this is part of the electromagnetic frequency that the government had previously set aside for commercial use. Um, but I believe at some point, I want to say in the 90s, um, they started to no longer issue new licenses to, um, to companies. And now it's just for civilian use. Um, so GMRS is great because there's no test. No test. All you got to do is pay the government like 80 bucks. And they will give you that license. You will have a call sign, um, just like you would if you were an amateur on, on the ham radio frequencies. And the GMRS license applies to everyone in your immediate family. Um, so that could be an advantage if maybe you know your family does not want to study f- for a ham radio exam. Um, that, that might be a hard sell. Um, if they're willing to f- fork over a little bit extra money, GMRS is an option too. However, that said, GMRS is much more limited in terms of the frequencies you can use. Um, you only get a small slice of um, the frequencies out there, uh, and it's really only for talking. So, you know, there's there's no uh, data. There's no what they call CW, which is a, the fancy way to say Morse code. CW stands for a continuous wave. So, GMRS is 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 pretty much just for voice. Um, GMRS radios are going to be different from the radios that Hams use. This is, this super confused me when I first started out. Um, generally speaking, the way that, um, the way that the government deals with the fact that, um, it has no way to stop me from trying to use a radio on a frequency it doesn't want me to use. When you buy a radio, it's pretty much set for a certain band. So when you see hand transceivers, typically you see them sold as uh, dual band VHF UHF. That stands for very high frequency and ultra high frequency, which is which is those are higher frequencies than just the HF high frequency. So this, <coughs> this is only built to do that. Um, and likewise, one of the advantages to the SDR is that it doesn't have that limitation I can use this for any frequency. So the GMRS radios that you buy are going to be for the GMRS frequencies. So if you want to, you know, at some point I probably will eventually get a GMRS license myself, but I'm going to have to get new radios to use it. So that's another option. All right, let's say you don't want to don't want to mess with licensing. You you you're off the grid, you don't want to, you know, have to contact the government for, for, for any of this, you, you have only more.
0: Yeah, yes. Right.
2: <laughs> so you have two other options. The first option, uh, most people are familiar with is CB citizens band. Um, citizens band has been around forever. Um, and it is completely available for, um, you know, your average person to go buy a CB radio and use the main limitations of CB radio is that the power level is much lower so you are not going to be transmitting as far. Um, that, can, that can be an issue um, depending on your use case. Um, and uh, again, the frequencies that you are allowed to use are limited. Um, the other option is called FRS, which is called the Family Radio Service. These uh, This lets you use frequencies similar to GMRS there's no license and the power limits are much lower. So again, you can't transmit as far.
1: FRS. Those are like the walkie talkies I grew up with, like as a kid,
2: right? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's, it's definitely more like that. So uh, you, if you want to be able to start, you know, if you and a friend want to start practicing, um, you know, transmitting and receiving, you can do that. You don't need a license. You just need CB radios or FRS radios.
1: And CB um, radios are the ones that uh, I guess like truckers and stuff are known to exactly, use, and exactly. they don't transmit that far. But you can move around and mm-hmm. pick up different things. So yep.
2: it's good enough if you want to talk to another trucker on the road with you. It's <laughs> or it's, it's ideal for that.
1: I've but talked I, to plenty of truckers. They're great people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> They've got uh, stories. I'll tell you. Yeah. I I, I can't think... tell you. I'm not a trucker, but they'll tell it's,
2: you. Yeah. Yeah. They. I. I, they tend to like be very excited about it and, and think it's cool when people get into it. Um, uh, I, I have heard some, some some weird horror stories over the years, though, of people abusing that. Um, and let me tell you, do not mess with truckers, um, because bad things will happen to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They have their own code of justice and shit. It's fucking crazy out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so be, be, re- always be respectful on the airwaves. Um, that, that sounds like common sense, right? Um, yeah, watch out, Bandit. Smokey's coming. You know, Be, res- be, be respectful on the airwaves. You never want to interfere with somebody who's um, doing radio operations. One of the biggest reasons is you don't know if it's an emergency or not. Mm-hmm. Um, emergencies always take precedent over any other use of a frequency. Um, and official use always takes precedence um over over a frequency uh we do we do not as as amateur radio operators we do not have the right to parts of the frequency bands we have the privilege to use them and that privilege can be revoked quite easily um somebody asked before in the chat about um you know like are people really paying attention um yeah realistically if you're screwing around on the radio will someone report you find you find you so, um, the FCC is actually relatively hands off to the amateur bands, and the reason why is because um, ham operators are cops, and they enforce the airwaves themselves, and they do that so that the FCC does not intervene directly. Um, and they take that very seriously. So
1: um, it's the only slice of the frequencies and bands that we have available to us i i guess right like, yeah absolutely they, they flat out said the rest of it isn't for you anyway so mhm mhm
2: they they're very protective of that um and so you know with anything else it's like um you know you could get away with it if no one hears you but um if somebody does yeah you could get you could get um, reported to the fcc and they'll take your license away and slap you with a big fine Um, uh, do you have any, so one cool thing about both the GMRS license and the amateur license is it's good for 10 years. Um, if you ever lose your license, can you get it back? Yeah, I believe so. I think I want to say after like a one year period, you can try again. Um, but you have to like retake the test and stuff.
0: So when you renew your license, you don't have to take the test though, right? Like normally.
2: Um, it's good for 10 years. I want to say, though, that they do make you take the exam again Oof, at the end rough. of that period. You know what? In 10 years, a lot of stuff can change
0: Um, technology wise. No, I mean, I, I get that. It's just uh, for me, it, my brain is like, I'll, I'll study for it. But like once it's done, it's done. I never have to think about it again. But it's like, no, you do. Mm. <laughs> you have mm-hmm. to like brush up on it. You can't just like it's put true. It, put it in the closet and be like, I have it now.
2: Yeah. So, um, somebody asked about field days. So, uh, I haven't personally participated in this, but, um, Ham has a lot of like hobbies, hidden hobbies within hobbies, uh, and one of them is field day. So, um, there are a bunch of different types of contests that the amateur radio community puts on, and the goal of the contest is to is to contact, connect with as which with as many people as possible um and the person with the most contacts wins and that's part of why you have these they call them qsl cards that you get made up so you can send to somebody which is proof that you you spoke to them um another like mini hobby within a hobby is um being able to broadcast from weird places like the tops of mountains um and other like inaccessible locations um and uh yeah there's a lot of like really hyper specific um niches that you can you can find within the radio space it's very cool so those those are the the four main paths you know um i totally recommend people give ham radio a try it's very cool um and you know there's a lot you can nerd out with it but if you're interested in this for purely practical reasons and you don't need to talk over, like, very, um, yeah, sunspots. I'm going to talk about more about that later. Uh, well, maybe I won't. <laughs> I see it's already 941. Um, sunspots. Yes, believe it or not, the sun actually um, is very important to radio use, especially um, high-frequency radio use. And let me explain that super quick. Um, Elliot, you mentioned before about line of sight. Um, that is the case for VHF and UHF transmissions, Mm -hmm. um, it's line of sight. And for your typical transceiver, you're going to get maybe five miles. Um, You can increase that by going up. So I want to say I want to say it's like every 10 meters you go you get another mile or something like that. It's not huge
1: close to or something like that. Yeah,
2: Yeah. but it makes but it makes a difference. Um, now, there's another option which is using HF high frequency. And the reason why is because high-frequency radio waves are the right wavelength to be able to bounce off of the ionosphere. So let's say I'm here, and you're here, and my head is a mountain. I can actually, you know, with a VHF, UHF, bonk, bonk, no dice. Although, and this is super technical, that's also not always the case because each wavefront blasts out its own wavefront, but... If you want to understand that, I have a story on my IG page that explains it. Um, But on HF, I can shoot a signal up here, bounce it off the ionosphere, and this person down here can hear it. Um, This works best with lots of sunspot activity. So when the sun is quiet, it doesn't work as well, you can't go as far. When the sun is loud, when we have lots of sunspot activity um it's possible to speak with people on other continents which is which is pretty cool um
1: i've heard about all of that happening when they were transmitting there was some event they were at the top of the mountain and he got to somebody that was literally on the other side of the earth and it was impossible yeah. because of the day and mm-hmm. where they were and all this stuff and it was pretty cool um, um we
2: are if i'm not mistaken about either about to or we have already entered a period of high spot activity so this is like a really good time to to be able to give that a shot and try it
1: nice that yeah. transition that's mm-hmm. cool.
2: yeah yeah definitely
1: so the the part of ham radio that you're getting the license for is actually transmitting anybody can receive radio waves that's why they put one in your car you can That's right anybody can buy the these car. and you um, know but it's the transmission part it's the getting your message out there that um, seems to be the hang up with the government they want to know who you are where you are all this bullshit yeah that's the yeah, that's it, the scary part and, so and you pay you pay them for the permission to use the privilege science whatever the mm-hmm. hell it is yeah true
2: it's true yes this so this is the forbidden button on my on my transceiver um, it says ptt that stands for push to talk so that starts sending my my voice attached to a carrier carrier signal out everywhere around me um which is important to keep in mind because you do not have control over who in range can hear that everybody can it goes it's omnidirectional right um for that reason um you actually kind of want to be careful about transmitting you want to practice what's called good electromagnetic hygiene because If you are transmitting with the right tools, I can find your location.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So we're and we're and we're seeing some of the the consequences of 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 poor operational security, poor OPSEC right in in Ukraine right now, um, watching people not not respect those rules and then they pay the price for it. Um, So, you know, a big thing right now. Um, with like military doctrine is, is having better electromagnetic hygiene. Um, we put out so many signals all day. Your cell phone is constantly blasting signals. Um, so, you know, for that reason, it's, it's good to keep in mind um, who can potentially hear what you're saying. And, and um, you know, I mentioned before there are ways to mitigate that one of them is to pick a frequency that you think is not being listened to. Um, of course, if somebody has a scanner, that's not going to help you because that scanner will find the frequency you're talking on. Um, so, you know, just things to keep in mind. Um, right,
1: and what what you were saying about um, <clears throat> electromagnetic hygiene, you're talking about if you're transmitting on uh, when you get on a channel, or if you're using like analog equipment, not like a the bow fan we have, but the digital buttons. You have to make sure that signal is as tight as you as you can make it, right? Because I mean that's not gonna stop other people from picking up what you're transmitting, but it's not gonna interfere with other wave like wavelengths close to it, right? Yeah, like, so yeah. You-
2: that's that's right, yeah. Um <clears throat> they try to um maintain like a pretty a, a pretty big buffer between these frequencies so problems don't start happening. I don't know if you, you've paid any attention to, like, the 5G rollout, but yeah. one of the issues with the 5G rollout was that airplane transponders use a frequency that is relatively close. It's actually not that close to 5G, but, um, you know, shit happens sometimes, and sometimes, you know, a transmission can bleed over um, outside of the band you intended to, and so they were concerned that that would may cause problems. Um. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to have secure comms, it shouldn't be encrypted, unencrypted over public air. Absolutely. Obviously. Um, However, doing that is illegal. So uh, you shouldn't, shouldn't do that. Um, what I would say also, you know, is that if someone doesn't have a scanner, what you want to do is listen, listen to frequencies, see who's using them. Um, you know that's that's also one way you can help protect yourself because if the frequency is in use, people are listening to it. Um, somebody asked um, how much science you actually need to know to pass the test. You will have to learn a little bit of electrical engineering. You are going to learn have to learn what a schematic is, and you will have to learn what some of the basic icons on the schematic mean. What's a transformer? Um, what's an oscillator? um you know uh what's an what's an inducer stuff like that uh it is a multiple choice question um test though or multiple multiple choice answer so i i would come up with like the dumbest like you know mnemonics and and like ideas to remember the answers to some of the questions and you can see uh me me in action doing that in the ham prep i have on the discord server um it's And I learned that from another old timer who helped me study for the other tests. He's like, there's a, there's a billion numbers. You're not going to remember all of them. So you need to do what you can to, you know, like find something about the question that, that triggers that memory for you where you, you remember that, you know, say the national calling frequency, um, I, I'm not gonna tell you I know that off the top of my head. See I was gonna say the wrong thing. It's 146.52 megahertz. Um, don't don't try to don't try to memorize all that. instead look at the question and see what about the answers has something in it that will like spark that memory for you right. Uh, how often do you use that info when you're using the radio? Not that often not that often. A lot of this technical stuff is not important to everyday use. However, that said, um, there are definitely exceptions and situations where having a theoretical understanding of things um, can be very helpful. Like, for example, let's say, you know, you're trying to tune into a frequency. I'm trying to listen to, um, you know, the National uh, Weather Service, and I'm, you know, not getting a good reception. What do I do? What do you do? Well, Basic thing you can do is move, but why would that help? Well, it could help because it's possible that the that the signal um, you're getting isn't clear enough because it's actually bouncing off of multiple things, and you're actually receiving that signal from a bunch of different directions. Modern radios can handle that to an extent, um, but uh, you know can still be a problem. So understanding that, you know, understanding the physics behind that. Um, that, you know, uh, all these different frequencies coming, all these different signals coming in can cause interference, can, you know, help you troubleshoot stuff. Um, but, uh, no, if you just want to like talk to somebody, you you do not have to remember what, you know, um, uh, the LED indicator on a schematic is. You don't, uh, I'm sorry. The, yeah, the, 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 the diode thing that that's not going to help you there, obviously, but. It's on the test. You may get it as a question.
0: Cool. All right. So I I feel like I have a decent handle on like what it is. Um, And you've mentioned like using these different bandwidths. So what Mm -hmm. are the benefits to different bandwidths uh, in terms of like what you can use them for? Sure. So
1: the
2: government um, breaks out and uh, I will post post a copy of this on the Discord server later. Uh, This is the this is what's called the band plan. And you may be asking, why is it called a band? What does that mean? Um, for some reason, somebody decided at some point that we should all remember frequencies not based on their frequency, but their bandwidth. Uh, I'm sorry, their wavelength. So that's what a band is. A band is referring to wavelength. It's measured in, in, um, uh, in metric um, measurement units. And the ones that we're going to be interested in are going to be like in the centimeter or meter measurements. Um, so, for example, two major bands that we use as amateurs are seventy centimeters and two meters. Two meters, yeah.
1: Yep, two. Me- yep. I'm, I remember.
0: Oh, it's got that one.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so basically, the frequencies for any—I think I can break this down. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm sure, sure. you will. The frequencies is uh, closer to the power output you're using to create the wavelength, and the bandwidth is the wave itself. Um, the bit, the it's a it's a it's a physical measurement
2: of the wave. It liter literally is how long the wave is across. Yep. Um, and that does that that can matter. For example. Um, let's say that there are bad conditions, it's raining. Um, rain can stop some wavelengths, doesn't stop other wavelengths.
1: It'll knock them right down. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Um, so, you know, that's, that's something that you want to consider, you know, conditions can change that. Um, and literally in that case, it's because the wavelengths are so small that the water droplets are absorbing them um so you'd have to then switch to a bigger wavelength which means a smaller frequency right so one important basic thing is that those go in different directions the higher the frequency the lower the bandwidth um and that's a that's a uh, question on the
0: test too so you're studying as we're going
2: yeah yeah i try to i try to keep myself um refreshed with all that stuff uh, do you, do we want to talk about, about my gadgets real quick? Yeah. Okay, cool. Show me all gadgets. Right. Yes.
1: So I mean, I've already. With Radio Shack. I'm curious. Okay. Oh yeah. Well this one,
2: <laughs> um, this, this, this guy I think is at this point 23 years old. still works. works great. Um, and I've been able to, to listen to broadcasts all around the world using it. Um, it is just a receiver. It's not a transceiver. Um, those are way more expensive. There's, there's not much, n- 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 not no real way to get around that. Yeah. Um. So here I have uh, my hand transceiver. So I showed, I talked about the rubber duck a little bit. Um. This is a up slight upgrade from that. This is called a whip. This is a small whip. Um. And I'm about to screw this into what's called an SMA, um, uh, port. I guess you could say. I got a tip from somebody that um, these connections that you use to screw the antenna on have a limited lifespan. Um, you can only screw and unscrew these so many times before it stops working. Um, that's like in the like high thousands, I'm sure. So what he suggested was you get a connector, an SMA connector, to put into the radio so that instead of having to unscrew this every time i want to switch antennas i now am putting that wear on this sma connector so it helps extend the life of your hand transceiver um for the bao that probably doesn't matter but if you decide to invest in a in a good radio uh that is a couple hundred bucks you want that to last as long as possible so get another connector um note that anytime you make the distance between your antenna and the radio longer, that impacts the signal negatively. However, this tiny space on my Baofeng isn't gonna make a big difference. I will, I will probably not notice. So what can I use this for um, if I don't wanna hold it up to my face, okay? So one thing is that you can plug it in. I've got my little, um, my, my crummy little speaker here. And it's got a microphone pad there. And you plug it in to the side of your radio, like that. Make sure you get the right ones in. And then I have my little security style earpiece. And then I can clip that to my my lapel there. Okay. Another option would be this guy. These are called um, PTTs, push-to-talks. And... The idea is that you plug this one in okay and then you attach your push to talk somewhere relatively easily accessible and then if i want to talk just hit the button okay if i want to go a step further okay my push to talk has a little port here okay see i don't know if you can see it yeah there you go so i'm going to plug my, um, aux into that. And then I can plug that into my headset. And that way I can listen to the radio with my earmuffs on. And I can also talk by using the push to talk, which is also a microphone. So got my, uh, my, my, what, it? what are they, Howard Leeton's Howard Lee's, something like that? Impact Sports. Um, Leighton. Leighton, thank you. You
1: got
2: it. Um, it's a good budget um, option. Uh, I was able to get these off. Spend
1: 35 bucks.
2: Yep, eBay. Yep. eBay. Um, and then I, I did a few upgrades to it. Uh, if you go to my IG page, you can see me um, stuffing foam inside, but I also have these gel cups. I was going
1: to say, got to get the gel cups. Got
2: to get the gel cups. Ch- oh, it's changes- such...
1: Changes the game. Mm, a big quality of
2: life um, boost. Uh, you don't have to pay a ton for them. You can get cheapo ones off of eBay too. $13. And I don't know if you can see this, but they have a slide cut here, which if you have glasses is pretty freaking nice. Yeah. Because if you don't have this, your glasses mean that they don't do like a good enough seal.
1: Either the earmuffs are on and your glasses aren't, or your glasses are and your earmuffs aren't good. And...
2: Yeah, no bueno. So def- definitely don't. Don't don't scoff at the gel cups. I'm a big big supporter of the gel cups. Um, if you want to get fancier, you can also eventually move to more a more expensive headset that has integration for a microphone. And so you know, then you don't need the PTT. But at the end of the day, you're still going to be hitting a button to transmit, and you want it to be that way. You want you want to have you know full full control over that. All right. My next little gadget here. So let me unplug the PTT real quick. Okay, Um, this is a USB cable. Hand transceivers are very, very, especially bowfangs are very hard to program or um, have it save different frequencies you want to use repeatedly manually.
1: They're much easier to program. I downloading chirp. Chirp. Get I, chirp. Stopped, I stopped, I stopped short of it. That's where I left off. So when I get back, get get chirp. What's great about chirp is that it has um
2: uh, a preloaded list of frequencies it, that you can add.
1: So basically what chirp is for people who are following along, um, it is what he was talking about. It's difficult to manually program some of these radios to transmit on the frequencies that you want. So Instead of pushing the buttons and reading instructions in Chinese and all this, there's a free software that somebody has downloaded with it's pre-programmed with the frequencies. Mm-hmm. You just download it. Um, make sure you get the right plug for your radio. You yes. plug it in, and it downloads everything that you need to go. And you can you do that once, and you're good to go. I think there's updates every once in a while, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: And and if if you if you have a frequency that you want to use with your group. Um, you can also very easily enter it on Chirp and have that update to the to the um, the transceiver. Um, yeah, Chirp Chirp is really nice.
1: Sure. Um, so we have a question here where it oh says, yeah, sure. what, "What would you consider essential from a preparedness perspective for the radio?" And I think just having a radio that you know is going to work, whether it's um, you can recharge it or if it's a crank radio. Um, Break radio. Yeah. Yes, but finding finding getting information um, when you're either on the move or if you're hunkering down, it helps you. Um, if, you've, if we talked about our preparedness, um, find out your time frame. If you need to get moving, having a radio will tell you when you should probably get out of there or how long you have. Or if they're saying stay put, helps on the way. You'll know that again with the radio. Yeah. Um, so I think. You know, everybody has the ability to, like you said, receive. Um, this is more for being able to transmit and reach out to people. That's but right. it seems like it's it seems like it's kind of open, and it seems like it's. Um, we brought it up, operation of security. If you're not sure what's going on, then transmitting is probably the last thing you want to do. So listening seems to be um, a, a a bit more important in this case i think for preparedness that's right
2: um you you bring up a really good point i i want to mention though um everything i said about following the rules and you know following the guidelines all of that goes out the window in an emergency right in in, in a true emergency i i don't care if you have a license or not get on the radio and transmit
1: sure
2: you there you know you you won't you won't suffer any any repercussions um i definitely recommend getting a backup Battery for your hand transceiver. Um, and and I would say, you know, um, yeah, think about getting this uh, as a preparedness item. Um, you can take it wherever. Um, it really does not have a huge energy use. And that's one thing that's, that's um, to me, you know, not to get super doomer, but... Um,
1: oh, I'll, I'll get super doomer. I, well, yeah, I know, be, I know, I know. I'm minute. like... Yeah, You're I, in, I should, in the right place. I, I'm in the right place, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, radio... Especially receiving has very low energy use. Very low. In fact, um, doing it digitally through through uh, like um, basically packet radio, turning uh, creating packets of information and converting that to text uses even less energy than talking um, over the radio. So you know, for that reason and the fact that. Um, It's not, it's not that complex a technology tells me that it's not going away. It's going to always be useful. Um, You really don't need infrastructure for it. You just need somebody with enough power to transmit, you know, ideally with like a radio tower, right? And somebody with, with a very simple um, receiver, which has very low power use needs and, um, you know,
1: you can get it working with a hand crank. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I
2: like I like the hand crank solar panel combo radios. It does a little but... bit of everything.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um yep. from a from a I think from a preparedness standpoint, since you brought up the Doomer part of it, think about how valuable you'll be if you're the only guy that knows how to use a radio. Yeah. Or poor person or whoever it is. Yeah. I'll, I... I'll tell you there's there's amateurs out there and people know how to do it, but if you look at how many are out there and how big some of the clubs are, you're, you're going to be pretty valuable. If you know how to get information and how to, oh, yeah. how to do all, all of this, especially when people are panicking because they didn't mm-hmm. learn any of this shit before they needed it. So. Yeah.
2: Th- this may not surprise anybody, but most amateurs are um, of, of retirement age. Um, uh, this is literally like, I, I'm increasingly seeing this as like a traditional skill that is, is, um going to be diminished if we don't like pick it up from older generations um and let me tell you these these guys they're they're super and it's it's almost all guys um in fact there's there's uh a specific bit of um radio ling- lingo that bothers me as a non-binary person um which is that you're supposed to sign off with om which stands for old man <laughs> um which I guess even even the women who do it say that too. So whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they are super enthusiastic about their hobby. They are happy to, you know, teach you. Um, they tend to um, have cash because it's an expensive hobby. Um, and there's all kinds of stories about you know the radio club coming together to help somebody put up a radio tower or stuff, or you know, like contribute. Um, definitely take advantage of those folks. You know, are are they are they going to be like super super woke leftists? They they will not. But
1: you know, you know I, what
0: you're getting yourself into.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and um, knowledge is for everyone. So take that shit. That's right. And you and you want to know what? what? you will.
2: Yeah, like the airwaves aren't for that. They're not for you know. They're not for politics. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe they will be someday, but. Right now, they're not.
1: Well, politics is sharing information, and I feel like the airwaves are for, uh, sorry, the politics is sharing opinions, Mm -hmm. and I feel like the airwaves are for sharing information. I think that's the main differentiator. It's kind of why you have to keep the language clean, be respectful, because, Mm -hmm. um, and that's also why emergencies take priority over all else, because that's valuable, valuable information. Absolutely. And it's got to get out there, and it's got to be heard.
0: I can't wait for, like, in 35 years when CB radio is just for, like, shit posting. Have you seen that meme where Have it's, like, like the, the guy in the desert and he's, like,
2: he's, like, m- making a meme on the back of a camel? Yes, that's um, me. Yeah, no, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. un- unfortunately, Packet Radio is, uh, can- Packet Radio can also send images. So, yes, we could, we could, we can be sending memes to each other over the radio waves. Sure, um, and okay. there's
1: new school tech and GPS little gadgets that can um, do the packet stuff, too, so you can sort of get information on there. You can send texts yeah. from, you know... So th- those are all... It's all cool stuff. and that's Yeah, we barely tech.
2: scratched the surface. There's um, some very there's...
1: high-tech stuff, and there's some very low-tech stuff. And um, one, one cool thing you
2: can do with a ham radio license is talk to the International Space Station. Um... And satellites are actually like a pretty big part of of amateur, an increasingly bigger part of amateur radio, uh, which includes wacky stuff like being able to do like real time tactical um, uh, positioning using using satellites and and radio software.
1: Are we going to get into ATAC? Uh
2: we are not. I, I can can I can I level with you? The reason I I have not gotten into ATAC is because I don't have an Android. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's really the only reason. Um, ATAC is... Um, here, you know what? I'm not going to just... I'll, I'll.
1: Is that open source? Or is somebody doing that? Um, I don't... That's a good question. I found it on my Android phone. It's, so uh, a- ATAC stands for the Android...
2: Oh, wait, what? Android Team Awareness Kit. Um, so or Android is- Tactical yeah. Assault Kit. So what this is, is a, it says it's a suite of software that provides geospatial information and allows user collaboration over geography. So um, it's
1: based on the users. It's not open source, but it's, yeah, by the users. for mm-hmm. the users sort
2: of thing. If, if, if you, it, if, if you're a LARPer and you like radio stuff, this is like the, this is like the expert level is, is getting this, is getting ATAC and, and all that nonsense set up. Uh, it's very <laughs> cool I'd like to get into it someday I'm not I'm not there yet <laughs> so um, I, I, I know
1: we on weekends so <laughs> I haven't uh, installed on my phone no big deal
0: so we had talked earlier about uh like what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and like yeah. surfing back to like why is all of this important and how we're seeing that play out in real time right now sure um so um
2: let me just there's a What's the word for the Russian encrypted comm system? It is called ERA, E-R-A. Okay, so you might think that that the Russian military has a state-of-the-art, advanced, sophisticated, encrypted communication system. And they do. They do. Uh, The problem, though, is that it uses 3G and 4G um, to work. And if you have blown up the 3G and 4G infrastructure, you cannot use it, which has literally forced the Russian military to um use unencrypted comms. Um, <laughs> you see pictures of them with Bao fangs, with Motorolas, um and it's just a radio. they're just talking whole world to hear.
1: Now they're alarming. Oh uh, yeah, a little uh, yeah. Um
2: you know if you do not have good communications you cannot coordinate things um, and I, I think well, you can pretty- and everybody's
1: gonna know about it which
2: well yeah yeah that's that's true too um you know like uh, how, how many how many recordings are now up on the internet of, of Russian military speaking to each other a lot um, and that's the thing anything you say out on the waves can be recorded by somebody so you know be careful be careful what you
0: say <laughs> yeah, especially if you have a podcast. Everything's um, recorded.
2: That's right. Yeah, the internet remembers. The internet remembers. <laughs> um
1: so if the you is coming <laughs> for us, Andy. I'm just saying.
2: Finally. <laughs> so if you find yourself in in a combat zone, yeah, don't don't use unencrypted comms. But, you know, also keep in mind that that's not something that you as a civilian can realistically practice. But you what you can practice is finding out that if i want to scan i hit the pound button okay scanning
1: begins
2: scanning begins yeah. and that finds a open that that fa- so what scanning will do is it finds a signal that exceeds your squelch what is squelch so If we just had our radio taking in all kinds of signals, um, we could potentially be hearing a lot of static. And scanning would just wouldn't really work because there's electromagnetic radiation all over the place. Right. So what you do is you set a squelch, which says if the signal coming through is not this loud, I don't want to hear it. So you can either set that low, you can set the squelch high to try to make sure that you're not, you know, getting in like a really far, but very strong signal that is interfering with the frequencies that you want to use. So it's like noise gate. It's exactly what it is. Yep. And and squelch is used as, you know, like a technical process for for pretty much all radios to make sure that you're focusing on what you want to actually listen to.
1: Cool.
0: Um... So I know you'd want it to go for about an hour. We've broken I'll that. Hit, uh, hit me up with questions. I'm good. If Does anyone uh, watching have any questions they want to drop or Elliot?
1: Um, yeah. So if you do want to use this in a more secure way, um, mm-hmm. and I know you said with, FCC and how there's like the self policing going on, mm-hmm. but then in the case of emergency or you know, the shit hits the fan scenario for lack of a better term right. for it, um, it would you h- how would you, um,
2: how, how would I start going about that?
1: Yeah, like what do you do?
2: You're pro, so, so what you, what you would need to do is set up a digital software radio network so that you could implement software tools to do that pretty basically okay um there's it's you know you you are not you are not going to get all right find the squelch button you are not going to be able to get your hands on the hardware that would do it for you pretty basically
1: no fucking embedders no not none of that and, stuff.
2: And you know, I'm I'm not an expert about military communications, um, but my understanding is that they are not something you can just pick up and use. They're no. pretty complicated. They,
1: they got some cool stuff, and if uh, yeah. if the if the amateur stuff brings in physics, and I, I have to you know do a seance with Marconi himself to figure out how this shit works. Like <laughs> I don't know. They they have some pretty interesting stuff and it's all about mm-hmm. how they mask signals and they break it up, chop it up into itty bitty pieces. It's how I thought the TV were basically. Yeah.
2: Yep. And there's, and there's systems that will automatically switch frequencies. So you're never on the same frequency for too long. Yeah. Um, it can get very complex, <laughs> but realistically, the only way that you as a civilian are going to be able to get into that is if you, um, really focus on the software side of things. um, and you'll find that there are a lot of different tools out there that can help you do some some very interesting stuff. Um, so
1: that that's the reason that I wanted to get into all of this. And I realized that it was I was opening up a can of worms. And um, that's also, why I guess, like the radio guy in, you know, army situations. That's a specific, that's his job is yeah. to handle the radio. And there's somebody else that does everything else. And it's because it's an, a very all-encompassing thing. He's the one that's got to climb the mountain and get up there and, and use it, bounce it off a sunspot or whatever, get help. It's all it's all dramatized in movies and stuff, but that's uh, pretty much what we've been talking about for the past hour. So yeah, I think hey, it's, it's it's important to learn. Anybody who was coming in here uh, trying to figure out how to get on a radio and start talking, it's not very easy. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it can be if you're doing like the FRS handheld walkie-talkies from yeah, it's CB
2: radio i just hit the button and start talking it's not you yeah,
1: know, yeah it's not that hard but uh understanding how it works and i guess you know all of the radios that we've talked about have been digital and i think the um amateur radios and the cb radios those are the more analog kind of big contraptions sitting on desks um think yeah
2: of. yeah that's yeah, that's right. That's right. So, and and so those the, are more expensive, more complicated. Right.
1: So they're a bit different, but mm-hmm. um, it's a huge tool for communication. But I don't think it's like uh, Facebook where everybody's putting out their opinions, the radios for listening first. And that they're, was the first that was the first thing that I learned is you have to listen first before you can talk. And I'm pretty sure that's why I that, right. set it aside, because to be honest, I like to hear my own voice. And, yeah, and, like, it's intimidating.
2: It's intimidating to, to it's a, you know... It's a lot. Get To, a lot like, things. get on the air because, you know, you, you're, you're supposed to get on the air and you're supposed to say your call sign and, and there's, like, you know, um like a very specific kind of song and dance about it. Um, but everybody on the airwaves is happy to, like, you know, teach you what to do and say and stuff. Um, I saw somebody asked about a Facebook group. Yes. I don't know if it still exists. I haven't um, used Facebook too much recently, but... Uh, try searching for a group called I Study the Antenna. Um, you'll find a, a leftist radio enthusiast group, which is they're very knowledgeable more than me. Yeah. So, yep. yeah.
1: I and found for that folks, channel too. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah. And for folks that uh, are looking for another active place, our Discord, we've mentioned it a couple times, but we do have uh, a radio. I, I don't know what things are called on Discord, but a spot on Discord. Uh, that's focused more on radio skills. Ch- so channel channels, Andy. They're channels. Channels channels. Yeah. Okay, it's like like the analog TV. You turn the channels. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's Come it's on. like you, you have
2: you have a server, and then the server has channels.
0: It you know it took me a while to learn this stuff, but I got it eventually.
1: I showed him how to set it up, and he just. One after I, oh, I, thought he, I thought he was i thought he was learning no i
0: just like if you guys ever watch the mitchells versus the machines it's like this little kid's movie uh like the dad has to like log into youtube and it's just like him screaming at the computer and like he's like i accidentally ordered 12 towels on amazon like that's me with <laughs> technology don't let me near it we we <sighs> you you were kind enough to
2: set up a ham dash radio channel um if you go there you will find i have included um, the very start of um some ham radio study but you could also just come on there and ask me questions too i'm happy to happy to help out
0: yeah and there's a bunch of folks i think you're probably the most knowledgeable one but there's definitely a bunch of folks uh involved over there in that section so mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh, I, I think there might be support. some people who have who have more experience than i do for sure um but uh it's it's i i studied the antenna like i studied the blade you know
0: yeah, past while you, while you were while you were doing it might it might be private now. I remember when Facebook went through that like public issue, public it could private, be. yeah. Um, so that it might be hard to find. I know uh, at least a couple of the groups that I'm in kind of went that way, and it seems mm-hmm. like they've all kind of died, which is unfortunate. It
2: is unfortunate. Not not a huge surprise though. Yeah, Sadly.
0: Facebook. It's what they wanted. Yeah,
2: but please, I'm... Um... You know, this is, it's a cool hobby. It's a practical pursuit. And if, if other people start doing it, then I have more people to talk to.
0: So I got a question for you. So we've talked about like, all right, if you buy a ham radio, Mm -hmm. um, like how far does it actually go? It goes like 50 miles. (laughs) Um, you're going to get about five miles out of this. Five miles. All right. So
2: what I think really that under go up high, you can get a little more, but not, not a lot more
0: so what this really underscores is that like functionally for this to work you have to have a community that you can relay this information to Mm -hmm. and that's something we we talk a lot about in general on the show and the podcast and so on Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: while it's important to have these skills if you have no one to share them with then it's it's not going to help you other than yourself in an emergency and like that there's nothing wrong with that necessarily but bigger picture um, this is just one piece of a puzzle of building that community.
2: Yeah. I figured you'd have to a- answer questions to join the Facebook group. All, all of the lefty like larper groups are like that. Un- unfortunate, but necessary.
0: Yep. We get to um, two hoops.
2: yeah. So, so we talked about repeaters a little bit earlier. Um, so that's another way that you can ex- extend your reach. Um, and typically repeaters will be set up at a higher elevation so that you know they can broadcast out further but you know yeah um the more the more nodes in this network the wider the reach um and uh you know um it 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 is of limited use if you don't have people to talk to
1: oh that that was one of my questions so if you can't encrypt um when you're transmitting can you encrypt your own repeater like if you set up a repeater it has to be for everybody to use you can't just set up your own personal repeater
2: um i mean you you could do so unlawfully right (laughs) um it it would it would be kind of similar to running like a pirate radio yeah um uh but you you can go through the official channels and set up your own repeater there may actually be one already in your town um and that can potentially get you access to other repeaters and then you know other radios and it, it just kind of branches out from there. Sky's the limit. Sky the sky's the limit. We someday we may be turning this all
0: into one big mesh net and talking to each other that way. I don't know. But um, it'll be this interconnection of networks. Maybe yeah. we could call it the internet. <clears throat> Maybe. Um that reminds me, um, if you want to read if you if you
2: If you are like me and you prefer reading things rather than watching videos, no no offense, guys, Um, (laughs) check out the Anarchist. um, Oh, yes. The PDF is called For an Anarchist Radio Relay League. And you will find a kindly anonymous anarchist to explain a bunch of stuff to you including like why this matters and you know what about the government and et cetera et cetera and if you had if if you were like me and did not read that first you would not have read him giving you the sage advice of using a p.o box so that your address is not on the fcc website but oh well here we are here we are um so yeah check that out i think i may have posted that on the discord previously if not maybe we can like pin it or something sure um, I'll have
0: to make Elliot do that because I can't do that.
2: <laughs> yes. There, yep. You found it. There you go. Yep. That's a great place to start. You can also find um, uh, other uh, radio people. Uh, he lists them by call sign. Um, and uh, I was
0: able to just like find their YouTube
2: channels and stuff. So
0: awesome. Well, uh, Seneca, thanks so much. This has been fantastic. I learned Absolutely. a bunch. Hopefully you just scratched the surface.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's so <laughs> true. But uh, you know what? Like in in thirty minutes, I'm going to be kicking myself because I forgot
0: to say something important. But yeah. uh, you know what? At the the point is, I think for me at least, it's like I understand the language of what radio is enough that if I go looking further, I can like follow a train of thought. Which I think for a lot of people getting into a new hobby, it's really hard to kind of figure out. Like I don't know the first the the jargon to understand what anyone's talking about even if someone explains it to me i'm just like uh like deer in headlights
1: sure and i i started um because i have add i bought the radio first and then i got the radio and looked at the box and was like well what do i do now and then i i found myself on youtube and all this stuff and i for me, I found the science part fascinating and I didn't learn anything about the radio, but I learned about how radio waves work and what a radio does and all this shit. Still don't know how to use it, but I kind of know how it works now. So (laughs) that's kind of where I left, that's kind of where I left off. And there's so many avenues and so many different, mm -hmm. um, areas that you might find fascinating. And there's other stuff where you're like, I don't ever want to have to deal with that again. Um, but there, there's a lot of information there and it's, once
2: you find one thing, it just keeps going. It's it's mm-hmm. crazy. I love it though. Uh, yep. Um. Yeah. Me too. Um. And and like you said, we just barely scratched the surface. You can really kind of go on like an endless rabbit hole, um, about this stuff. Uh, or you can learn just enough to be able to, um, have your radio ready to go, and you know you have your your channels programmed. You know what the buttons do. You hit your button, you start talking. Um. Yeah. You know the the point of getting into this is so that you can practice um you know uh, the same as getting into like firearms or or, um you know medical stuff um you need to be able to do it so that you can do it in in a not so great situation
1: right and also think the time you were born, I guess, because we have the Internet now and it's an endless resource of information for learning the radio. I couldn't imagine learning how to do this if you just had a radio and you could only talk to other people with radios like
0: and you got a book. It'd be
1: it'd be, a, it'd be pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. An outdated book or maybe a new book that doesn't cover everything.
2: They, they don't um, make you do this anymore, but you also used to have to memorize Morse code back then, too.
1: The, yeah. For the test. That, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, think, it does. I think that I think that's as encrypted as you're gonna get uh, over the airwaves too. So
0: <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, that, else
2: does. I, 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 you know, um, definitely follow all all federal regulations and guidelines. Do not use encrypted transmissions or code. Um, but that said, um, you know, you can you it doesn't can hurt to no one. It, it yeah yeah like you know. Um, I'm sure everybody's seen TVs and movies where everybody has code names and shit. So, you know, think, think along those lines if you, if you wanted to, which I'm not recommending you do. Um,
1: I was just pissed off when I learned I couldn't actually get my LARP on and get one of those throat mics with the push to talk and the bone induction fucking headsets (laughs) and all this cool (laughs) military radios and stuff. I found out that's impossible to get. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. We sit out in the woods with my. I know. Where's my, the trans- my, my nice gel cups and my, my camo sweatshirt, and I guess that'll be it.
2: Where, where's the transhumanist future I was promised? Where's my subdermal radios? No, oh, that's okay. I, I don't want any of that actually. Yeah, <laughs> happy with it on the outside. Um, uh, I was gonna say one other thing, real briefly, um, sure. on the topic of radio jammers. Um, uh, those are also super legal. Um, Legal or illegal? Illegal,
1: illegal, illegal.
2: It it looks like the internet will sell you some. Don't fall for it. The, they are very illegal. Um, don't do that. Um, definitely don't look into the basic technology that is used to make a jammer. That's also very bad. Don't do that.
0: Cool. Yeah. Good. Good. Final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, that's Seneca, right. Thanks so much. Uh, hey, I'm you you off Thank you. Thank you, uh, Great meeting you both. Do a little pitch about poor, uh, poor Pearl's Almanac. Cool. Yeah. That uh are like, what the hell am I watching?
1: <laughs> thanks for the so, yeah, time. Thanks, thanks for so much. Thank like, you. Guys. Have we'll a good you, one. We'll see you in discord, man.
0: Yep. Cheers. See ya. All right. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I sure did. Uh, I don't know how much will stick in my brain, but it, it's going to be there for a little while. Uh a very for-
1: general conversation. There's a lot. Yeah.
0: Uh, so for folks that are tuning in and wondering what you just watched, this is the Poor Pearls Almanac. We have a Twitch channel here. Uh, we are also a podcast, which is probably where most people know us from or our memes. I'm not sure. Probably
1: but Instagram
0: if, memes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of a big deal on Instagram and I guess <laughs> Facebook too. Um, so we have a podcast. We, uh, have an episode coming out next Sunday called, uh, Gastrocolonialism and Dayak resistance with Dr. Sophie Chow. So if you're interested in talking about indigenous resistance, we have a really good interview uh, from some folks on the other side of the world, right? Uh, Recently, we released an episode on Dayak forest farming, really cool subject, Um, lots of interesting history and uh, we pair it with some of the stuff going on right now in that part of the world in Indonesia. So go check that out. If you're interested in hearing us talk some more we are going to be twi- uh, on Twitch or Facebook or YouTube, wherever you're watching this right now. In one week, we'll be doing Leather Tanning 101. So the whole concept of this channel is really around this idea of discussing uh, skill shares with folks that know more than we do, so we can learn more things just like you. So we're going to be learning about the basics of leather tanning. I believe she's going to be bringing a squirrel to tan. So if you want to see how to tan a squirrel because you got that annoying one that keeps getting your bird feeder, like go with your uh, pellet gun or 22 or whatever, and make a leather or make we some make leather it. with us. Yeah. Make make like a sock out of a squirrel squirrel sock. Um, so if you enjoyed this, you want to support this project of creating content. You can support us by subscribing on Twitch. If you're watching on there, uh, please feel free to throw us a couple bucks. You can also support us by jumping on our Patreon for two bucks. You get a week early access to every episode. Plus we have a 22 part series that's up there. That's Patreon exclusive. Uh, so for two bucks, seven, I think it's like 6.8 cents a day. Uh, you can support the work we're doing. We appreciate it. It makes us know that what we're doing isn't just bl- blathering into the internet and like putting all this time and effort and research and money no, it,
1: is, it is just that but
0: i mean it, it's kind of that but we're also ha- we're
1: having fun we're
0: having yeah fun. um if we, if you wanted to show your appreciation we would definitely appreciate it uh you can also throw us a couple bucks on venmo or a cash app where venmo we're at poor Pros almanac cash app it's the money symbol poor proles uh and that's pretty much it i think elliot anything else
1: Nope, you plugged our next episode.
0: Uh, next Twitch. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's everything. So hopefully, you guys enjoyed this. It's lots of fun for us.
1: Yep, and, and we uh, post. Yeah, you post all our updates on Instagram story. So if you follow us on Instagram, that's pretty much where you'll get all the updates from us.
0: Yeah, and also, yeah, follow us on Instagram or Facebook because, or we're on Twitter too. We this might actually be being watched on Twitter. I don't get the data for what how many people are watching on Twitter, but like I know people do. Because they like comment on there and it doesn't, I don't know why it doesn't sync. It's supposed to, but it doesn't. Uh, so if you're watching over there and commenting and no one's responding to you, I'm we sorry. you yell in
1: the stream, dude. Let's <laughs> fix this shit. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, no, we're not going to do that, Mr. Mitzi. And hopefully, if you guys didn't watch this or didn't see the whole thing and you want to, you can hop on our YouTube. It usually gets uploaded about three hours after we stream. Uh, so you can watch the first half of this if you missed some of it. So I think that's all I got, Elliot. You got anything else? We good? Ready to wrap this up? All right. Yeah.
1: Be good to yourselves and good to each other. Let's get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah. Get a ham radio. Bye.